Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Tomlin Harmonica podcast. Uh, so today's episode is really exciting because I'm actually going to be getting a, a lesson from one of my favorite harmonica players, uh, Philip Gers from Sweden, uh, who is a fantastic, uh, well, he, he plays all sorts of different styles, but uh, to me, he's a fantastic jazz harmonica player. And he's going to be showing me how to start to make my blues harmonica playing sound a little bit jazzier. Um, and I think that you'll enjoy what he teaches me as well. And uh, just to give you a little taster of the kind of thing we'll be looking at, here's, uh, here's a tune that, uh, that he wrote for me to study. Okay, so uh, hi, Philip. It's uh, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, our lesson today. I'm also a little bit nervous because uh, because I've been watching your videos for years and years, and uh, occasionally try and work out some stuff, but always fail. Um, so I, I'm excited um, to kind of learn how to jazz up my blues a little bit. Um, yeah. What What are you going to do for me today? I'm gonna say some words of wisdom cool. uh, and then I'm gonna give you some exercises uh, to to expand your your vocabulary and your way of thinking and then I have also written a song for you that you can cool. practice after this lesson awesome that sounds great so what, what, what are these words of wisdom? How, how do I, because I, let, let me give you full background. I am the ultimate kind of knucklehead uh, blues musician. You know, I, I'm kind of minor pentatonic and major pentatonic. Uh, mm. Occasionally uh, I'll throw in a chromatic note, but it, it was an accident that I just thought <laughs> sounded cool. Um, yeah. So that, that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, and I mean, that's a great uh, start. Uh, play what sounds cool, uh, because then you're playing from inside yourself. Mm. That's always good. But I, I was also a blues musician. I started, when I got really into music, I got into blues. And uh, I played that for a few years, and then I started with jazz just maybe two years later. But I played jazz for like five years and, and I didn't have a clue of what I was doing. I was just playing by ear and feeling. And then I started to study jazz and then I realized, aha, there are these scales. Okay, this is a rhythmic concept. This is how to play over chords. This is approach notes. All that knowledge came to me later. Uh, so you don't have to know all of the jazz theory to play jazz. Uh, but it helps. I would say it only helps. Um, and uh, I was trying to make like a list of things for you. Uh, and that list had like 27 <laughs> different... <laughs> a short list. <laughs> a short list, yeah. So I tried to narrow that list down to three things. And then it came out to five things okay. that you should do. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing that you should do, which I call 1A, is that you should really listen uh, to, to jazz blues. Uh, listen to jazz blues that you like, really dig into it. And if mm -hmm. you don't, I mean, jazz blues is a big subject in jazz. Some people play 300 BPM and you don't hear the changes at all. And some people play slow, nice and comfort kind of swing style. So jazz blues is a big subject so find a favorite artist and find some favorite songs from that jazz artist and listen to that solo and that feel that you like and kind of close the door and sing along to it and you don't have to you don't have to like sing in pitch or in perfect time or something just bye bye do bye do bye do i mean let that out of you get that mm -hmm. kind of eight note timing uh, in yourself, in your brain, so it pops out when you <laughs> open your mouth. Cool. Uh, because do you, do you have any suggestions of, of people um, in the kind of jazz blues um, language that I, I should listen to? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, me, I'm also a guitar player. I would say Joe Pass is amazing oh, cool. for that. Yeah, he sometimes he plays pretty fast, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have to find stuff which is a bit more slower. And also Wes Montgomery, mm-hmm. another guitar player. Uh, and then for horn players, I mean, uh, Jackie McLean plays great stuff. Uh, Dexter Gordon. Uh, Cannonball Adderley uh, and then for piano maybe Oscar Peterson is really bluesy I mean mm-hmm. you can you can often yeah yeah I mean just listen around uh, cool. for, for lots of jazz I, I, and see, see what you dig I into those people but the thing is to, to really listen to it sing along and kind of internalize it it can sound a bit abstract but it's mm-hmm. really a really good starting point and uh, what you're gonna internalize is the rhythm, uh, the notes, the chords, the feel, the timing. I mean, to really get it into you, because it's pretty different from a 12-bar kind of blues jam to play, mm-hmm. to play more jazzy blues. Uh, there are different parameters. That was one A. <laughs> That's cool. a long one. Yeah. <laughs> and then one B uh, is. Uh, you gotta kind of, I would just take this paper a bit closer, is to, uh, is the rhythmic awareness of playing jazz. Uh, because jazz is more kind of melodic and more built on lines, kind of eight note lines, while the blues is more kind of riffs, mm-hmm. uh, it's more wailing, it's more kind of call and response, it's more like calling somebody, like mm-hmm. bursting out your your feelings. I don't know if you agree, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I do agree. Um, I think I, 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 like, I like both approaches and the players that I really like use both approaches, even just in a blues context. Mm. Um, I think there, there are players who manage to be more melodic um, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I'm not taking everyone yeah, in yeah. one basket, <laughs> but general. Sure. Um, and then uh, for uh, the, the next thing, uh, uh, thing number two, is really work on the harmonic development of the 12-bar blues. Uh, and by that I mean putting more chords in different places inside the 12-bar blues frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to show you like a, a like a list or for a diagram of that. I will just move through okay. the list. Uh, then the next thing is to learn the arpeggios of all of these chords. Uh, and arpeggio is uh, the chord tones inside a specific chord. That's kind of the grammar mm-hmm. of the chord. Uh, but so in a normal twelve-bar blues, you have three chords. But in a jazz blues, you have around five or six chords uh, and then you're gonna learn every note of those chords so you gotta mm. learn some more notes <laughs> in wow. in a certain sequence that's twice as many chords as i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly yeah but that's now i'm i'm really trying to to do this um, yeah, yeah and then uh another thing that people often ask me and often think about is what scales should i use when playing mm-hmm. if i want to sound jazzy uh, and especially on jazz blues. And to be honest, I don't think learning tons of scales is the best way to learn how to sound jazzy. I think learning arpeggios uh, from different chord types is better. Mm-hmm. Because if you learn a scale, a scale often has seven notes. And if you really want to, I mean, make that scale sound, you got to play seven notes in every bar. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a lot of notes. People will get tired of you. So. I would not focus on scales in the beginning. But if you want to focus on scales, the ones you should play through is the Mixolydian scale. I could play it now, maybe. Uh, Mixolydian, G Mixolydian, starts Mm -hmm. on hole two. Just like that. So can I just quickly check with you? Um, Yeah. Tell me if I'm wrong. So that's a major scale, but with a flat seven. Yeah. Cool. So so it's um, it's uh, for in second position on a C harp. It's just like uh, yeah, inhaling, (laughs) and I mean no overblows, just bending the whole free. (laughs) 
nice. and that that scale you use in the blues as well and then you should play that one in g c and d uh, meaning you have to play it in c so then you play it from the first hole And then you should play it in D, which is third position. C is first. Uh, C is first position. Now we go to D mixolydian, which is third position. So you, so this is this scale has the same sound in every key. I just mm -hmm. move it between those three. And then, whoops, I wrote four more scales. Uh, it will take some time if I should play them through, yeah. but you should also work on the Dorian scale, uh, which is a minor scale. Mm -hmm. I can play it once, sounds okay. like this. Um, I will play it in D Dorian, because that's third position. That's kind of easy. It's a nice minor scale. Uh, and then you should play the mixolydian that I played first, but instead of playing a normal fourth, you raise the fourth. So you call it mixolydian uh, sharp 11. And that one sounds jazzy. It sounds like this. because it doesn't land so many times. It's, it's kind of verbling around. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's the melodic minor, which is the same as this scale that I just played, but starting on another note. But, and the melodic minor is like the Dorian scale, but with a raised seventh. So it sounds like this in third position. It's also a nice sound. Um, and then major and minor pentatonic scales, the blue scales that you also... Mm -hmm. And now I gave you, it's five scales, and I think that is too much already. That's a <laughs> because, lot, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I, as I said, I mean, don't focus too much on the scales, because if you play chord tones, play the arpeggios of the chords instead, melodies will come. And then you can say, aha, this is that scale, is that note, is that uh, etc. So, because focusing on, on the scales, it, it's so much information. I mean, it's too much, I think, uh, to start with, if you want to mm -hmm. sound jazz, it's better to stick to chord tones. Um, and then number five is, um, this is kind of philosophical but at the same time interesting because um, you shouldn't emphasize the flat seven so much uh, and the flat seven on in second position is five hole draw that's a classic blues lick if you want to make that to a jazz lick you should play the six instead For me, that sounds a lot jazzier. And mm -hmm. if you play the flat seventh as you would in a blues, because that flat seven is so strong, it's a mm -hmm. color note, and it's so strong, kind of really wow, wailing out something, which is mm -hmm. good, and that's why we play the blues. But uh, the six is kind of more neutral and more melodic, uh, which means that. You shouldn't emphasize the flat seventh uh, until you really want a show of where to go, kind of. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's kind of a, a tip. And Can yeah. I just quickly ask you about that? Would you even think about that over over the one chord if we're playing over a dominant chord? Would you still avoid playing that flat seven? You say on the one 
Yeah. Yeah, on the one chord. Yeah, like a G blues and yeah. G seven. Yeah. Then I would play more whole five blow kind still, of more still ease. Okay. Yeah. Than F uh, because that that flat seven is really um, in the blues. You, it's like it's a part of the sound. Of course, mm. it's the sound of a minor pentatonic. But if you save <laughs> that note, yeah, uh, it will sound more. You know, it will sound different. And uh, yeah, these are five things to practice. Uh, and I mean, apart from those things, is it is great to learn jazz blues themes that you like. I mean, melodies and uh, stuff from other players to mm. to really. It's always good to learn songs because then yeah. you practice technique, you practice scales, you practice rhythm, you practice arpeggio. Learning a song always include so many things. Mm-hmm. So can I can I just ask a, a question which is going to sound um, very ill-informed, um, but I, I want to kind of dial in what what this this idea of jazz blues is. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a song that I've played for years and years is Watermelon Man. Uh, yeah. Would would that be a jazz blues to you? I mean, it it, it follows that kind of blues progression. Um, yeah. Or is, is it more? Blues, blues. I would say it's more like a, a bluesy jazz song. Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> okay. That that might be a, a, a topic for another philosophical That's another, discussion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there are, I mean, some Charlie Parker things like Now is the Time is mm-hmm. a good one. It's like this. <laughs> ah, one, two, three. <laughs> I mean, you hear that kind of rhythmic, mm-hmm. really thing being repeated, and also "Blue Monk" is a great one from by the Lonious Monk. But there needs overblow if you played mm-hmm. it in that octave. But you can do it like this. That one really has lots of half steps here mm. and there. Um, but it's also, I mean, since we meet now almost uh, in real life, <laughs> we're meeting <laughs> online, but we could also do like, if I do like this, if you play one of your favorite blues riff and then see if I can make that jazzy okay. with those ingredients. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, one more time. And can you do a count in as well? Two, three, one, two, one, two. (laughs) And then I'm going to play something completely different. (laughs) Uh, No worries. One, two, three, four. Yeah, nice. That's a pretty long riff. But, I can um, do something shorter if you want. Uh, that's yeah. just that's that's my go-to. Uh, yeah. I'm nervous at a jam session. I want to play something cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll play. I'll play something uh, shorter. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go simpler. Yeah, that's a great one. Like that, or yeah. That's it. Yeah. Then I would. Now we're talking about the flat seven. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. There are two whole um, whole steps. Step I end. would. I would do it like this. Uh, playing the two blow. Mm-hmm. And then you were playing. Yeah. So free whole draw a half tone. I would change that to um, to to free draw. Okay. So. To play it major, uh, and then I would play the C now. <laughs> Just like that, maybe. 
You understand? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Try it. Yeah. That's more jazzy, I mm-hmm. would say. And then to to expand that, you could do. So there I'm going blowing the whole four mm-hmm. uh, on the first. I can play it slow. You can try. Yeah. No, there, there it's more kind of, uh, yeah, it has another color, that mm. phrase now. Yeah. Uh, and it's also I like that it's not relying on the the easy blues things you know the, the things that that make harmonica no. sound Natural. dark and bluesy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's cool. I like I like that. Um, I guess and the thing. The, sorry, yeah, please say. I was just going to say that the thing that I I now need to think about more uh, is 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 maybe the tonal quality of those notes because um, mm. you know the three draw and the four blow they're not a, a big bend they're, they're not kind of no, exactly. macho sounding so how do I make them sound more interesting yeah and also that was another I had a little list of kind of expression as well because mm. in blues and jazz the expression is very different and uh, just in terms of dynamics I mean blues is often more loud uh uh, that I mean, that you play, you play more yeah. aggressive on your instrument, kind of. But I mean, that I love that as well. But jazz is kind of another touch, mm-hmm. um, and then also the tone. A jazz tone is maybe more polished than mm-hmm. a than a blues tone, you could say. Uh, but then you can also play jazz lines with with a bluesy tone. It, it depends on what kind of expression you want, uh, and then often. Like vibrato is also a, a big subject, but but jazz often has less vibrato uh, and not so intense. But it has vibrato, but it it's not that kind of boo boo kind of bluesy that always yeah. it's always there kind of. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean that's just some kind of uh, expression things to think about to play this phrase again. <laughs> Now I'm playing it soft and mm-hmm. kind of jazzy and riffing. If I would do it more bluesy in expression ways, not tone ways, uh, note ways, ways, it could be... Ah. I mean, that's more a bluesy way of playing yeah. it. So so that's also a thing to... to uh, to think about that kind of lower the volume and kind of mm-hmm. lowered your 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 output mm-hmm. uh, and and I had another example if we play take three notes we play whole four draw three uh, four three two mm-hmm. uh, a blues player might play like this nah one two three <laughs> To use those notes, mm. a jazz player would use those notes maybe uh, one, two, three. <laughs> you hear it's the same notes. Mm. I'm just changing the rhythm. Yeah, and that, so that's really the thing with with jazz that you're playing around with with the rhythm a lot, and you can almost almost play any notes and really work with the rhythm Mm. Uh, and that comes from listening 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 to jazz and singing along and Mm. getting it getting it inside of you it's pretty hard to like okay i'm gonna if you never have heard that kind of phrasing and then that kind of rhythm and rhythm it's really hard to to do it but Mm -hmm. but for me i have been listening to jazz for 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 so long for 20 years so I, I hear all those beboppers <laughs> in mm-hmm. my head all the time I can also hear when, when you're playing 
even though you're not you're not kind of doing the the blues uh things like the tongue slaps and stuff like that you're still vocalizing a beat i can still feel you kind of doing a t- uh, oh on, yeah yeah which which is kind of giving it that I, th- I think you're doing it on the two and the four uh i'm not even sure if you're if you if it's that conscious uh, no, but it, it's, I, it's got a groove I, to it yeah yeah i mean thank you <laughs> i think i'm thinking <laughs> That's kind of just it's playing around. And there was also no overblows. But mm. still it sounded pretty jazzy. But yeah. I focused also on that groovy thing that you were yeah. talking about. I think that, that that's re- well, it's going to be really important for me to work on. But it's going to be... It's always an important thing for everyone to work on. You know, mm. kind, of, kind of getting that groove. And the note choice is, is, is important. But the, the groove is maybe more important if you get that, that feel and... Yeah that bounce um, and also kind of and that's like practice to sing just singing jazz mm. things and that's the easiest way I mean, it's to do take uh, records, but it's easier and fine with big bands because when they have those big chords going, yeah. like in, it's really hard not to sing along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, that's a great thing for a practice session. Start with singing just the rhythm to big band things for 15 minutes a day, and then mm. your jazz uh, brain will grow every day a little bit. Nice. Yeah, I, I can I can hear that there's a lot of kind of almost regimented accenting of, of notes on certain beats. Mm. You are, you're really doing that. But da 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 yeah. da da da. Whereas that's something that maybe doesn't get thought about so much in blues. It's a little bit more um, raw and emotional. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that. That's something that I'm going to work on quite a lot after after today because I, I feel, to me, that's the big f- thing that changes the feel between yeah. the, the and blues all, and I jazz. mean, there is a there is an uh, I can I can speak two hours about rhythmic theory, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I could try to summarize it quick. Is that in jazz uh, you play the strong? I, this is called strong and weak beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the beats that are on, like one, two, three, four, one, two, that's strong beats, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four. And then the ands, like one and two and three and four and one and two, the ands you call weak beats. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they are they are not weak, but you have to <laughs> call them something. Uh, but but um, in jazz, you kind of often you you kind of nail the chord tones. Uh, on the strong beats and mm-hmm. then you you put like the color notes and the chromatic notes on the on the weak beats uh, and th- that that's what really makes it kind of day day order uh, like if i play uh, <laughs> there's Da. They're all the um, mm-hmm. the half tones are on the on the ends one and two ah, ooh, ah, ooh. and then I put the chord tones on the strong beats and this kind of came to me pretty not so long time ago that aha that's the way you should do it <laughs> I have been doing it just by ear for so mm-hmm. long but now I really have understood the theory of how you why you do that uh, and kind of also learning to to feel secure and to have kind of self-esteem in playing offbeat. Mm-hmm. That's also... Because to play one, two, three, four... <laughs> ah, <laughs> two, three, four... Uh, um. There I'm just playing four, three, two, one. 
and but playing it off all the time mm-hmm. compared to but so that's also a great mm-hmm. thing to practice so I, I, I want to ask about uh, arpeggio practice because this is yes. something that, uh, well, I, I think everyone struggles with with maybe the transition from I've learned what the notes are in a, in a chord. Mm-hmm. How, how do I then start using that musically? So how, how do I practice uh, my arpeggio musically? Uh, the best way is to play them all over, all over the harmonica. Uh, which means that if you play a G arpeggio, G7, whoops, and then, and then you could and then when you come down so that you always go go all over the harmonica. Mm Uh, same on if you take a D7 arpeggio uh, that's now if you overblow you you do five overblow (laughs) and don't forget one blow is your seven yeah because then if you really know them all over the harmonica things really open up and then the next thing that is very that is like crucial for learning how to do this is to play the arpeggios and move the closest way to the next chord. Okay. Uh, because if I play G7 to C back to G, if I do that now, one two starting on hold two draw one two three four. You understand, I start on the root all the time. That's step one. And then what you really should spend time with uh, and just lower the tempo, uh, because this will require some brain work, is to play the closest way. Mm -hmm. So if I play the same thing, one, two, three... That was a whole 12 bar blues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just playing there. So you understand yeah. how I go. Yeah, yeah. You, I always take the closest way. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to move to the root. Because then it starts to sound like melodies. I mean, mm-hmm. if you play... That sounds nice. Maybe mm-hmm. I can work with that. Now it sounds like a phrase, I mean, Mm. in the beginning of a solo. And that came from this exercise. And if this is hard, uh, a good way is to do it, I mean, write it out, Mm -hmm. either on music score or on paper, like G, B, D, F, hmm, closest way to C7 is either a G or an E. Mm -hmm. I take an E. So E, closest way down, I mean, you understand? And this is... This is kind of the the trick to mm-hmm. to make those arpeggios not sound like exercise. 
that's that's a really really good tip um yeah i i, I followed you and then i lost you and I, I i could i could feel the chord changes but i i didn't yeah. i didn't know where we were anymore on the harmonica the first no, no, change no. i knew what was coming and then it <laughs> just went <laughs> and now i also played over the whole register i mean you can limit yourself to do this just in the first four holes for mm. example then it could sound like this one two three four That's also a way to kind of because if you have all holes open, it's yeah, it's a lot of things, oh, yeah. many things to think about. I'll definitely be starting just with just with four holes. That's yeah. uh, that's a lot of holes already. <laughs> and then, if I just want to give you even more things, is to remove uh, notes here and there or remove beats, uh, because then that kind of really check then you really check if you know it i mean mm -hmm. uh, it can sound like this first four holes one two three four And it kind of sounds like a melody in slow motion, mm. <laughs> almost. Yeah. So that cool. and that also, if if you have trouble doing that um, when you're playing, just write it out, and then you just erase <laughs> a few notes here and there. <laughs> nice. That's cool. I like I like that as an idea, and also I, I really like that as an idea to maybe get out of the habit of always hitting the root notes. Yeah. I, I think that's a very strong habit, which is a good habit because mm. it, it, it's. You know, it, it it shows that you know what's happening structurally, but it, it's then something that is quite hard to break away from. So yeah, that's a cool uh, exercise. And I have actually written out a little uh, exercise here for um, if you want to kind of for blues, if you want to expand your jazz blues. Okay. Uh, what chord types to learn? Uh, the only thing is, I did not have time to write tablature for it. But uh, that maybe you can do that. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, if I do like this. And now I will do screen share. Uh, this one. Now you should see this window. Oh, you're going to really test my reading skills. <laughs> exactly. Now is the time. No, but but this is uh, here. I this is just from Sibelius, the software. But here I've wrote out the most common chords, how to make it sound like a jazz blues. Um, so this is like the ingredients of of how to yeah how to sound more jazzy. And as I said, if you really learn all of these notes, then your your vocabulary will really grow. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I played through this. I did now with the G7. If I do it on the G6, which has that other sound. Totally different from... Which has a much more strong and longing sound. A, C, uh, a 6 sound is more relaxed, kind of. So to play this, you just play... Whoops, there is a... That's G6 over the whole harmonica. Nice. Uh, and this one is G7 all over the whole. And then here is C7 all over. Now this includes some overblowing mm -hmm. and some 10 hole <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ear, <laughs> pinking your ears. Uh, but here is C6, that's a lot more easier. 
harmonica. And then D7 over the hole. I forgot the low C, but yeah. And then we didn't really talk yet about the 251, which is kind of the essence of jazz. Uh -huh. <laughs> One of the essence of jazz, which is a chord progression thing. Mm -hmm. But anyway, it's the two chord of G major, which is A minor 7. Uh, and that one you almost often play in bar uh, bar 9 when you're going back. So it's not the, f the D7, C to G. Mm -hmm. It's almost always A minor 7, D7 to G. Okay. Um, and so that's that arpeggio. Over the whole harmonica. And then I added some nice extras here, if you have lots of time. <laughs> uh, it's E7 arpeggio all over the diatonic. And yeah, kind of tricky. Nine hole overdrawn, ten blow. Uh, ten blow, draw, blow, bend. And then C sharp diminished is also really used in a jazz blues. Um, sounds like this. And this one is used a lot in bar uh, six and in bar, uh, yeah, here and there, mostly bar six. And if you do all this, then you have lots of things to do. And then mm -hmm. you have to put them in a concept, uh, which means... Oh, how do I swap screen now? Uh, if I do like this... And then I do like this... Boom! Uh, no, no, is it... Let's see... Yes... Now do you see a song? Blues do, for Tomlin. Yes. Yeah! Here is a little song I wrote for you uh, this oh, morning. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, as you see, this is the, it's a 12 bar form and um, it has some different chords. Many chords are the same as in a normal standard blues, but some things are happening. And this is what I called step two in mm. my list in the beginning, is that you add different chords. Mm. Um, and these melodies, they go over these chords. And uh, and uh, learning this will just, I mean, it will improve your uh, kind of knowledge of this as well. And you see here, my first chord is a G6. It's not a G7. I take a G6, but then I take a C7, G6, and then I play a D7 here, going back to the G7. So that's just a little extra harmonic development from a normal blues. Then we come to bar 5, uh, then we have the 4 chord, as always, but we have a C6 chord instead. Uh, and then it's the C sharp diminished, uh, because in this bar, bar 6, if you play jazz blues, it almost always happens something <laughs> in this bar. <laughs> Either it is a diminished chord or it's a 2-5-1 in minor, but I took this one because it's a bit easier. Then we're back on the G, that's the same as a standard blues. Then to an E7, uh, which is not standard blues. Uh, but it's a nice dominant chord leading to this. And here is what I talked about, 2-5-1. When we are in G, we have, this is the 1 chord, this is the 5 chord, this is the 2 chord. And this is a chord progression that is extremely common in jazz. Uh, you find it in not every tune, but almost every tune, somewhere. And um, yeah, this is the kind of the final four bars. So if you just sit and do arpeggios over all of these chords, <laughs> you will have <laughs> a lot to do. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and then you could try to play this melody as well. But how to move on now? Do you want, Should I play arpeggios first, all or over this, or should I try to play the melody? 
maybe you could you could play the melody. That'd be really useful. Yeah. Um, I'm 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 kind of aware that we've been on for for quite a long time, and uh, yes. <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. But uh, I don't want to go too too deep for the first time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's don't be sorry. It's just it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. Um, but I will just take. I have another C harp here. Yes, this one is. Um, it's um, maybe I should play it through first without a backing track. Okay. Uh, and I can play it a bit slower. Alright, uh, slower version. One, two, uh, one, two, three, four. Awesome. That's killer. I love it. That's the tune. And um, yeah, it showcases these chords uh, in a a cool way. And um, it's no overblows, uh, no overdraws. uh, But it's bent notes, but it's the the normal bent notes. This Mm -hmm. one is kind of uh, not you, three whole one and a half step. Uh, But otherwise, this is notes that you play. Mm -hmm. I could do it with a backing track once yeah that'd be great Mm, I will just start this That's it. <laughs> nice. I love it. It's so good. I'm going to enjoy learning that. And uh, yeah, I will. Uh, yeah, you will get the score. And uh, it's nice to write these small kind of studies. And I have done that myself, kind of written small etudes and studies. It's mm. really good because sometimes it's lots of things to do in the brain when you're mm. like, okay, now I have to do this and that and I should not play on the beat. And it's good to write out music and then look at it. Okay, here it is. Now we go. Yeah. <laughs> kind of another process happening if you do that. Definitely. I, I think writing um, engages parts of your brain that just mm. trying to do things by ear. Doing things by ear is brilliant, but writing engages something else yeah. in there that internalizes a lot of these ideas so i think that's a great great thing to think about awesome very cool well, i think i think this is probably quite a good point for us to wrap up yeah. uh, 
I, I could listen to you talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Uh, so I, I might need to hit you up for a, a follow-up at some point. Um, but uh, I, one thing I want to draw people's attention to, um, well done for making it to, to the end of your first uh, jazz blues harmonica lesson. Uh, I highly recommend that you uh, check out Philip's uh, Patreon uh, oh, yeah. page. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what kind of stuff you're you're teaching over there? Yeah, I have a Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash philipjersharmonica. And I teach, uh, I mean, things that makes you a better harmonica player and improviser. And uh, it's, uh, it's mainly focused on uh, jazz things and a bit of folk music and also many improvisational tools and also kind of technical things on the harmonica and it's really a, a passion project for me uh, and I, I don't have like a set course plan of 40 lessons this is how you do it uh, but I have I have some plans of many lessons in a row but also kind of some subjects here and there and uh, I, f I find that's for me is the best way of teaching mm -hmm. uh, and it's both for chromatic and diatonic harmonica players and there is like there is music score and tablature for everything yeah I, I i have to say it's absolutely fantastic i i signed up to it pretty much as soon as i heard about it uh and it, it's awesome lots of great exercises and so it's, it's very digestible um because I, I think these topics can be quite overwhelming they're quite big but, yeah. but you're good at making it you know you, you introduce things in in a, a digestible way which oh, is thanks. brilliant yeah <laughs> you should be really pleased uh very cool. Well, um, thank you so much for this. And uh, I, I'll, I'm going to do my practice and then uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you an email and we can uh, yeah. you can hear what I've been doing and you can judge me. <laughs> oh, I would love to hear you sing with some big band records. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to enjoy doing that. It's, also, it's, good, it's good that you say that I should uh, focus on a kind of quieter tonality that, that will help practicing while my son's asleep. So yeah. uh, <laughs> that'd be good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I highly recommend that uh, everyone listening checks out uh, Philip's Patreon page. Uh, I'll also link up some some videos of you playing because uh, uh, there's lots yeah, of man. really good stuff out there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much and uh, I'll catch you soon. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of my Harmonica podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your podcast service of choice. And if you're ready to take your harmonica playing to the next level, then you should check out my online harmonica school over at tomlinharmonicaschool.com. Happy harping!